boy is eating. The boy is your Coffee with Gringos, Dynamic English's podcast where you can learn English simply by hearing people use it. So sit down and have a coffee with us. You are listening to Coffee with Gringos. I'm Paige Sutherland. And I'm Ian Kennedy. And today we have a special guest who's been on the pod before. He is back, Michael Papali, one of my really good college friends from the Woo. Michael, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. So Michael is probably one of the most obsessed people I know with the Olympics. So... When we wanted to do an episode on the Olympics, I couldn't think of anyone better to join us for this conversation. So first question, Michael, how many hours have you put into watching the Olympics in Beijing right now? Wow, that is a good question. So let's see. We're now like a week and a half into it. And so that's about 10 days. And then there's primetime coverage for four hours every night. So at least 40 hours. But I've also been watching all of the replays during the day on daytime television while I'm working from home. So don't tell my boss that. So while I'm working, I have the, <laughs> the replays on NBC and USA also playing. So I would say I've probably watched easily 50 hours of Olympic coverage uh, in the last week and a half. That, that qualifies for fanatic status. That is some work, Michael. Damn. Yeah. Staying up late, waking up early. I've been a a little bit of a walking zombie the last week and a half, but it's an opportunity that comes around only once every two years. (laughs) Unless it's a pandemic and then it's quicker. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, so just for our listeners, we are, as Michael said, we're in the middle as of this recording. So the Olympics is still going on, but might be over when this is published. So just to clarify that. But so, Michael, this is the Winter Olympics. What kind of events? It sounds like you watch all of them, but what are your favorite events that you really like to watch each Winter Olympics? Yeah, so some of the favorite ones that I love, I love watching the downhill skiing. I think that is like absolutely incredible. that These people are flying down the mountain at literally 80 miles an hour, and all they're wearing is a helmet, and they're not wearing like any pads or anything. So when you watch them wipe out they literally are just wearing a spandex skin suit and that's it so when they go flying down the mountain into the netting they don't have any other protection the like half pipe snowboarding is pretty wild the like tricks that they do the figure skating is also you know a a classic winter olympic sport the speed skating also, the short track is wild when there's just like five of them flying around the ice in a tight little pack that I feel like it's an easy way to get a finger chopped off or a good gash to the calf. Um, and then I also do love watching like the bobsled and the luge and the skeleton because that also is absolutely wild. So I think compared to the Summer Olympics, the Winter Olympics are probably a little bit more dangerous if you will outside of gymnastics i mean gymnastics is obviously if you mess up gymnastics you can break your neck but i think that's also the case with a lot of the winter sports what about what about you ian what's your favorite winter sports 
you know, I haven't, I have to admit, I haven't really been watching the Olympics much this year, but of course there are some sports that really stick out to me. I mean, I love snowboarding in general. It's just one of my favorite sports. So it's amazing to see the half pipe, all the other events. And um, of course, like you said, the very dangerous ones, like the bobsledding, the skeleton, right? You have a lot of injuries and sometimes even deaths when these happen. So these are really high stakes events. Um, and then you have other ones that are a bit more chill, like curling, which is one of my absolute favorites as well. It's like, um, there's almost something like cathartic or, or therapeutic about just watching the, the little rock glide along the, the ice. So I think that one's one of my favorite ones that not a lot of people know about. Agreed. And I feel like the rules for curling are a little bit difficult to follow sometimes. You have to read a few articles and watch it a decent amount to figure out the, the rules and the scoring. And how the sweeping actually helps the the rock go like you know there's this big technique that i don't really understand <laughs> one of the funniest things about it as well is you see all these elite athletes with their like perfect physical form and all this aerobic activity and then most of the curling guys look like your drunk uncle who just like threw on a shirt and decided like hey let's have some beers and like play this game and then they just got really good at it and made it to the Olympics. So it's like any man's kind of game. <laughs> exactly. And you, you actually went curling recently, didn't you, Michael? Tell us, how hard was it? It was difficult. So um, I visited some friends that live in Minnesota. So we went curling outside. I feel like that's a true Minnesota activity in January. The curling rink that we did was in the parking lot of a brewery, so it wasn't like a full, you know, <laughs> full curling experience, but they had like the actual 40-pound stones and the targets drawn on the ice, and it is not as easy as it looks, you know, and on the Olympics, they're just like sliding very easily and getting the stone to the perfect distance, and we were either very short very wide or very long we hit very few actual targets <laughs> no I, I can imagine I mean the Olympics they make everything look easy right and and I think what's crazy too is like you said it's so dangerous when they do all these backflips and twists and they often fall and somehow they just get up like I'm like how are you like if I had that kind of fall on my snowboard I would just be down <laughs> like they do like triple, what, like eight flip twists and then they fall on their back and then they're like, oh, oh, got minus points for that. And I'm like, how are you alive? I know, exactly. They like stand up, kind of shrug it off and then continue going down. And I'm like, I'd be there for four days at the least. No, it's it's crazy. My heart like always stops when I, when I see them up that high. So we have to talk about this particular Olympics. There, as every Olympics, there's always kind of the key stories that happen, the people that make the headlines. What is one that's stuck out to you so far, Michael? One of the top stories coming out of Beijing is the the Russian figure skater and her doping scandal, which is really a big bummer on the whole Olympics. Um, so yeah, it came out that on Christmas Day, she failed a drug test that I think... She took it at, like, the Russian team qualification event that she failed the drug test. And that while she was in Beijing, the results were published that she had a banned substance in her urine. So she's now been, you know, flagged for using the 
banned substance and now there's all of this controversy and fallout from it, which is a real bummer for a lot of reasons. I mean, first of all, she's 15 years old. So I'm actually, the day that we're recording it today, new articles came out that, so the drug that she was taking is, it's a heart medication, but it can be like used to help endurance and kind of like the oxygen capacity for your heart, which as a non-science person, I'm just going to assume that, you know, you're in better shape and better, your heart rate is better and everything. So that she was taking one banned substance. And then she also noted that she was taking two other substance heart medications and the additional two are legal. But then there's now all of these stories that like this cocktail of the three drugs is really enhancing her performance in a way that essentially, you know, confirms the doping. And she's not an innocent bystander because she's probably ingesting it, but she probably was given it by trusted adults in her in her circle, which is a bummer. But what is the ruling exactly? Because she's still competing, right? They're letting her compete, but then they're going to continue researching it and determining if she should be disqualified so like in skating there's two portions and after the first portion she's in first right now and like in good standing to win so if she wins it could be in six months they decide that she should be stripped of the title and then you know everyone moves up a spot which is just like it just puts a big cloud on the event so she can participate but it's basically like with a big asterisk that in a few months they will basically verify or nullify the results is what I'm interpreting it as. It's a really complicated situation. And, you know, also with uh, all the controversy from the last Olympics that Russia has been involved in with anti-doping, right? So it's like, this was, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a shame because like you say, I, you know, you're 15, you're just following probably what your coaches are telling you. And it's just unfortunate that those adults probably thought, eh, maybe we can get away with it or maybe they won't notice or who knows what they were thinking. But Russia's track record does not help with this at all. Yeah, really. That also, because she is from Russia and like technically they're not competing for Russia, they're just individual athletes from Russia at these Olympic Games that also brings into a lot of other questions about that and yeah no it definitely was not surprising when you saw an athlete from russia involving doping but it is sad like you said she's 15 and um like you said it just kind of jeopardizes all the other athletes right like if i win silver i don't get that gold medal at the olympics if she gets disqualified a month later so i never get to have that moment of being a gold medal winner you know so it does kind of impact everyone yeah if she wins which at this point it sounds like she will that they won't have the medal ceremony because they don't want to so like the other medalists in the event won't get their medals at the olympics they'll get the medals shipped to them in four to six months you know once all of the deliberations are complete which is a huge bummer and then like there have been other studies in the past that you know it's not just like the placement but if you medal at the Olympics, you can get all of these endorsement deals. And like with this, if the person who's in fourth place then eventually gets up to third, a year from now, no one's going to, you know, care about them. So like got to strike while the iron's hot in the six weeks after the Olympics and get those endorsements and the other people are missing out. I know that that was one thing that like a lot of track athletes have said in the past that, you know, they get a lot of their livelihood from endorsement deals after the Olympics and 
when you miss out on the podium because of doping, it affects the medals and also like your wallet. <laughs> and money is good. Hey, Ian, did you know besides the podcast, Dynamic English offers one-on-one classes with native teachers from all over the world? Really? But isn't it just a bunch of grammar lessons? Nope, it's completely discussion-based and focuses on topics the student is interested in. That's amazing. But what if I'm not living in Chile? No problem. Dynamic does online classes. You can be living anywhere. Great. But I'm a little intimidated to take the class alone. Can I join with a friend? Of course. Dynamic offers group classes of up to four. Plus, for the next month, Coffee of Gringo's listeners get 10% off individual or group classes. So go online to www.dynamicenglish.cl and mention that you are a listener and get your discount. Well, I'm sold. Sign me up. Moving on to the next big news of this Olympics. Tell us, Michael, there was a big, big time skier. I think she's a two time gold medalist in skiing. Um, and she's kind of having not the Olympics that she was expected to have. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so Michaela Schifrin, who's a American skier, was kind of like one of the marquee athletes in all of the advertising leading up to the Olympics, like at least in America of on the TV stations that run all the Olympics, there's like five athletes that they really promote the heck out of. And she was one of them. And in her first two events, she failed to finish the races. She like skied out of course. And then in the other two events that she's had so far, she hasn't, she hasn't placed in the top three. So, you know, it's been a big disappointment for her to start out and, it kind of goes back to like the Summer Olympics where Simone Biles also had some issues and, you know, Michaela Schifrin has had some personal issues in the last few years. Her father died, I think, very recently. And if you watch kind of all the profiles in primetime, they really harp on that and all of the interviews. They ask her about her recently deceased father, which probably doesn't help with the mindset you want going into a competition. <laughs> But, yes, it seems like she's after a rough start, but hopefully she'll end strong. Did you see that interview of her after, I don't know if it was the first race that she stumbled? And I hate that they do this in all sports. That's why I would never want to be a sports reporter. But they just, they ask you to be interviewed right after your competition, where your headspace is so bad, you know, if you had a big loss. And so they grabbed her over, put her right on TV, mic in her face, and it's like, how do you feel? And she was just still processing it it was so raw but she literally was having this external internal conversation of I'm so disappointed in myself I don't know why I still do this like it was like she was like questioning why she even skied in the first place it was it was so hard to watch because you like obviously these athletes do it like they love the sport but you know they want to do well and like she's one of the favorites so then for her to not do well then the media really harps on that. And then, yeah, she said in the interview that she's questioning the last 15 years of her life, which is tough to hear. And she, I think she's only 26 or 27, so it's like half her life she's now <laughs> questioning the purpose of, which is a bummer. I mean, I do that as well, but I just spent the last 20 years on the couch. <laughs> on the couch eating ice cream sundaes. It's much different. Right there with you. I hear you. 
No, it was it was really just so sad. But another TV moment that was more uplifting, uh, Sean White, who's probably one of the best halfpipe snowboarders for our generation, right? He's won a ton of gold medals in this event. But he's getting old like all of us, and he is officially retiring from the Olympics. This was last Olympics. Did you guys catch his interview? I did not. It's funny because, like, from his first interview at his first Olympics, 2006 to now, he's much more mature and well-spoken, if you will. So I think he was, like, 16 at his first Olympics, and he's 36 now. And his vocabulary and way that he speaks to the press is much different. <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's one interview, I think, in 2006 when he was talking about, like, flying home from Torino and like with his gold medal and he just like was able to get all the Mountain Dew he wanted from like the flight attendants and he was like yeah anytime I wanted a Mountain Dew they just gave it to me because I had my gold medal and like now in 2022 he's much more well-spoken and refined he probably has like a a PR person that has helped in the last 20 years (laughs) and a stylist like he looks good now he like aged well (laughs) Yeah, and he's dating um, that actress from the Netflix Christmas movie is what I know her from. I I know her from Vampire Diaries, so that's worse. (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely um, upped his game. Yeah, she's like a, a model. Yeah, I just found the interview like very humbling and he was just very emotional about how much the sport is meant to him. And it was just, you know, like he placed fourth, which he didn't medal, but like fourth in the world. I'll take that. (laughs) At your fifth Olympics. Like he's been around the block quite a few times. So. Yeah. And and he was so, yeah. And he was like so nice to like, he was kind of just like passing the torch. Like these young guys are crushing it. They're doing so good. I'm just honored to be in the same competition as them. They're going to like pay forward. And it was just, yeah, it wasn't like some guy who could be being a three-time gold medalist to be like, you know, very braggy. But he was, he was very um, humbling and crying, which just seeing like in a, in a good way, like it was kind of just like him remembering all his good times. But yeah, but also hard to watch, <laughs> but in a better way. He wasn't questioning the last fifteen years. He was more reflecting. Yeah, not having an existential crisis on TV. Just kind of reflecting on a on a great uh, career and uh, you know making sure he's not turning into the like you know washed up you know old athlete. So I I think it was from what it sounds like it was like a really gracious, nice, dignified way of going out saying goodbye to the sport and the event. So that's great. So those are just some key highlights. Like we said, the Olympics is still going as we've recorded this. Uh, so there'll probably be more to come that we'll miss. We just wanted, you know, it's such a big time when the Olympics, seeing the best athletes in the world compete. So could, had to have expert Michael on, who's put in 50 hours of, of, of watching it. So um, thanks, Michael, as always, for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. Big fan over here. The Olympics so- rule. <laughs> So as always, listeners, if you get lost, check out that audio guide in transcript www.dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Coffee with Gringos was brought to you by Dynamic English, where you can learn English simply by using it. If you're interested in taking classes or just want to learn more, go to our website at dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening.